We all know there are times when you don't have many choices in who you work with, like when a pipe bursts and you need a plumber right now. But when it comes to your mental health, you should have choices so you don't get stuck with a therapist who can't remember what you tell them every week. To find a good therapist for you, try ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including thousands of mental health providers. We're talking about therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments, either online or in person. I use this, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com stronger and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash stronger. ZocDoc.com slash stronger. Welcome to Mentally Stronger, the show that will help you develop the mental strength you need to reach your greatest potential, no matter what life throws your way. I'm Amy Morin, psychotherapist, mental strength trainer, and an international best-selling author of five books on mental strength. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a mental strength strategy that can fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. And the fun part is, we record the show from a sailboat in the Florida Keys. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite platform so you can get mental strength tips delivered to you every single week. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for the question of the week. I get tons of questions from listeners, so starting today, I'll answer one question every Friday. If you have a question that you'd like answered by a therapist, send it to me. Maybe I'll answer it on the show. You can find the email address in the show notes. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Is there someone in your life who treats you poorly? but you allow it to happen? Do you have a habit of letting people take advantage of you? Do you often find yourself asking why people keep treating you poorly? If you answered yes to any of those questions, stick around. Today, I'm going to help you figure out why you let people mistreat you and what to do about it. If you know that you've allowed yourself to be treated poorly, don't beat yourself up though. We've all done it. I've been there. Sometimes it's a pattern, and other times it might be like just one person in your life. Like maybe there's a specific family member that you give a free pass to. But if it's a pattern, you also might just feel like all the people around you are mean or rude to you and that you just take it. And when I'm talking about mistreatment today, I'm not talking about when you're just dealing with somebody who's having a bad day, like your friend is irritable after a long day of work. Or the clerk at the store that might be rude to you, you don't need to necessarily call them out on it. What I'm talking about today is when you're dealing with a pattern of mistreatment, like you let your mother-in-law put you down over and over again, or you're dating someone who continuously gives you mixed signals about their interest, but you keep hanging on in there just hoping that things will change. But anytime you find yourself saying things like, ah, I can't believe they're treating me like this, it's a sign that you may want to do something differently. Because the real question is, why are you allowing them to treat you that way? 
Before you can develop a solid plan to make sure that you get treated better, though, let's talk about why you might let people mistreat you in the first place. When you understand the reasons, then you might be more forgiving of yourself and you might be better equipped to develop a plan that works for you. Here are the top seven reasons why we let people treat us poorly. Number one, you see their potential. You might have dated someone that you thought had potential to do good things. Or maybe you've had a family member who you thought just needed a little bit of extra support to meet their full potential. So in those cases, you keep focused on how smart they are or how talented or how skilled they are in hopes that someday this person will find the energy and motivation and drive to change. Until then, though, you might decide it's okay to let them take out their frustrations on you because you think they're going to get better. And when they do, they'll stop mistreating you. Number two, you think you can help them change. You might believe that unconditional love will make someone change. As a therapist, I have to agree that unconditional positive regard can inspire people to do things differently. But unconditional love isn't the same as tolerating abuse. Sometimes the most loving thing you might do is set a boundary. And when you do, you give the other person an opportunity to figure out how to do things differently. But you might convince yourself that without you, the other person won't change. So then you decide you are going to love them no matter what and never speak up, even though it means tolerating mistreatment. Number three, you think you're strong enough to tolerate their mistreatment. So it's easy to convince yourself that you're strong and the person mistreating you is fragile. You might tell yourself that you can handle being treated poorly because it doesn't bother you. You might think that you're better equipped to tolerate mistreatment than the other person is to handle a boundary that you might set. You might also worry about what would happen to the other person if you stopped allowing yourself to be mistreated. I've had so many people come into my therapy office saying that they allowed themselves to be treated poorly because they know no one else would put up with the mistreatment and they don't want the other person to be alone. So they'll say things to me like, well, I just learned to live with it. But it's not about whether you're strong enough to stand it. Tolerating mistreatment isn't a sign that you're a mentally strong person. Mental strength is about showing yourself respect and loving yourself enough to set boundaries that teach other people how to treat you with respect too. Number four, you focus on the good and excuse the bad. If things were terrible all the time, it'd probably be easy to cut the person out of your life. But there are likely good times too. I've had people come into my therapy office saying, I'm being love-bombed by someone. And if you've ever been love-bombed, you know what I'm talking about. But people will say things like, ah, I was dating this person and, and they buy me flowers and they give me tons of gifts and show me all kinds of attention one week and then they disappear for a week. And in those cases, they'll sometimes just stay focused on, yeah, but things are good when they're good. And granted, they're bad when they're bad, but they stay focused on the good. And if this sounds like you, you might decide that when somebody else is kind, that's the real them. And when they're rude or disrespectful, 
you might excuse it by saying maybe they're just having a bad day or going through a rough time. But even if somebody had an abusive childhood or they have a really stressful job, they don't get a free pass to be mean to you. And when you make excuses for their behavior by saying things like, well, they don't really mean to say that or they just have a bad temper, you're giving them that free pass that isn't really doing them or yourself any favors. Number five, mistreatment feels familiar. If you were mistreated as a kid or you witnessed somebody else being mistreated, it's what you know. You might be used to chaos or it might feel normal to have someone be mean to you. And you might think that that's all part of love. We usually do what we know because it feels comfortable. I was a foster parent for over a decade and every kid who came to live with me had a horror story about why they couldn't live with their parents. It was abuse or neglect, domestic violence or substance abuse, or a combination of several of those things. But every single one of those kids were hopeful that they would be able to go home and live with their parents again. And for a lot of them, it was uncomfortable to be in a foster home where we had a regular schedule with a regular bedtime, or it felt weird to have family dinners together. They didn't understand those sorts of things, but they did think that love was supposed to hurt sometimes because that's what they knew. And they thought, you know, if this is how my parents treated me, then that's what love must be. Fortunately, though, we're all capable of learning what true love actually is and that kindness are just part of the story of what it feels like to be loved. But we often associate with love with however we were treated when we were young. And if your parents struggled to show you healthy love, you might feel uncomfortable if somebody's kind to you. And so you might actually recreate the same sort of childhood that you had in your adult life because that's what feels familiar. Number six, you're afraid of the consequences of setting boundaries. Giving people an ultimatum or making a threat that you're going to end the relationship isn't always a good idea because if you aren't ready to do those things, then it doesn't make any sense. But boundaries, on the other hand, are a good idea. Those are the rules that you set for someone that says, this is how I expect to be treated. But there are many reasons why it's tough to set a boundary. The truth is, sometimes when we set a boundary, other people leave and none of us want to feel abandoned. Now, other times, it's hard to know, what do you do when somebody doesn't respect your boundary? If you say to somebody, I'm not okay with that, and then they do that thing again, what do you do? The answer is, it depends. You might remind somebody of your boundary by saying, hey, I asked you not to do that. In some cases, that might be enough to stop someone from doing it again. And in other cases, you might just walk away to show somebody that you aren't going to continue a discussion that you said you didn't want to talk about. In some situations, you don't have to keep repeating your boundaries. You just show them what you mean. So let's say you tell somebody that you aren't going to answer the phone after 10 p.m., but then they call you at 11 p.m. the next day. Just don't answer the phone. Ultimately, though, keep in mind that people who struggle to honor your boundaries are showing you that they need the boundaries the most. And number seven, people who mistreat you might be confirming your beliefs about yourself. 
This is probably the most common reason why people allow themselves to be treated badly. If you believe you aren't good enough, you'll surround yourself with people who confirm that belief. There are studies that show people with low self-esteem choose to surround themselves with people who put them down. That's because they want what other people say to match the voice inside their own minds. So if you call yourself names and you think you aren't good enough, you'll actually try to surround yourself with people who also put you down. That means you might choose friends or go on dates with people who make fun of you or who aren't reliable. And if that weren't enough, research also shows that when you feel bad about yourself, you won't want to risk rejection. So rather than talk to people about how you're feeling, you're more likely to show people how you feel. So you might sulk or act out your feelings. And instead of asking for help, you're more likely to complain and then just hope that somebody will get the hint. But those behaviors lead to more mistreatment, which reinforces the belief that you don't deserve to be treated well. It's a vicious cycle that's hard to break. When you're treated poorly, you'll feel worse about yourself. And the worse you feel, the less likely you are to believe that you deserve to be treated better. So those are seven reasons why you might allow yourself to be mistreated. You see their potential, you think you can help them change. You think you're strong enough to handle mistreatment. You focus on the good and excuse the bad. Mistreatment feels familiar. You're afraid to set boundaries. Essentially, all of those reasons really stem from fear. Fear that we can't do better. Fear that we don't deserve better. Fear that we won't be liked or fear that somehow we'll harm the other person one way or another if we do set a boundary. All right, so those are the reasons, but let's talk about what to do next. Once you have a better understanding of why you let yourself be mistreated, the first step is to recognize that you actually do deserve to be treated with respect. Write down a list of all the reasons why you deserve to be treated respectfully. Do you want to get high-quality meat delivered straight to your house? Or in my case, a sailboat? Try ButcherBox. It saves me time and money. And if you order right now, Mentally Stronger listeners can get steak, chicken, or salmon free in every single order for an entire year. I love that ButcherBox offers grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, and wild-caught seafood. There are no antibiotics or added hormones. They even offer vegetarian options. ButcherBox lets you decide how often you want deliveries, and you can pick a curated plan, or you could completely customize your box. Sign up at butcherbox.com stronger and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer, plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com stronger. And use code STRONGER to choose your free-for-a-year offer. Plus, get $20 off your first order. It might be you're a nice person. You work hard. You're generous. You, like every other human, deserve respect. If you struggle to come up with reasons why you deserve respect, ask yourself what you'd say to a friend who is questioning whether they deserved better treatment. If your friend came to you, 
and said, hey, I'm not sure why I deserve to be treated better, I guarantee you'd have a whole list of reasons. Give yourself those same kind words and then write them down. Come up with at least five reasons, but more if you can. And keep that list handy because you're going to need to read it many different times. Once you've come up with that list, spend a few minutes thinking about a boundary that you might want to set. You don't necessarily have to cut somebody out of your life just because they mistreat you. Instead, you might decide that you're going to end a conversation whenever somebody gets rude. Or you might decide that you're going to speak up and tell someone that you don't appreciate a specific behavior. Or you might just tell yourself you're not going to answer text messages when somebody starts to get rude with you. Or maybe you're just going to practice saying no and then sticking to it even if the other person gets mad. All of these things take practice. And there's going to be times when you feel guilty and lonely or when you second guess yourself. But just because you feel those things doesn't mean what you're doing is wrong. Doing something differently feels uncomfortable, but when it does, just take a deep breath and say to yourself, self-respect. Because that's what you're doing when you stop allowing yourself to be mistreated. You're being kind to yourself and showing your self-respect. I used to work with a woman who would text a man that she was dating all the time. And it was clear that he was a huge priority for her, but she was really only an option for him. And she knew this deep down. She knew that she was changing her schedule around for him and she was doing all of these things that she knew he would probably never do for her. And she said, you know, I hate that I do this. So we came up with a plan and whenever she was tempted to text him, to reach out to him again, even though he wasn't responding to her, she just started saying to herself, self-respect. And it would prevent her from texting him over and over again. Because she said, you know, I know he's really not all that interested in me and I'm ultimately embarrassing myself and opening myself up for more mistreatment. But just by repeating that phrase to herself, self-respect, every time she was tempted to text him, she was able to stop. Eventually, it helped her move on and she got into a much healthier relationship. But try that for yourself. Write yourself a list of all the reasons why you deserve to be treated with respect and read it whenever you doubt yourself. Create that plan for whatever boundaries you're going to set. And when you're tempted to tolerate mistreatment, take a deep breath and just repeat that to yourself. Self-respect. Remember, you aren't going to change overnight. And even when you set boundaries, other people aren't going to change their behavior overnight either. But if you keep working on managing the way that you want to be treated by controlling how you respond to other people, you can expect to see some big shifts down the road. When you show people that you respect yourself, other people will change their behavior. I can't promise it will be that you'll see the changes that you want. Like sometimes relationships do end. But there are many times when boundaries might mean that you change the relationship in a positive way and that the relationship actually improves. Okay, now let's get to the question of the week. This week's question comes from David. David says, My sister is 30 and she should be self-sufficient, but she's always asking our mom for help. Or she complains about having too much to do, 
So our mom offers to help her. But she takes advantage of our mom, and it's really tough to watch. Our mom has always been a hard worker, and now that she's getting older, I want her to relax, not have to work harder to fund my sister's bad choices. I'm not sure whether to tell my sister to stop asking for things or to tell my mom to stop giving her things. What should I do? Okay, David, so you say your sister asks your mom for help with things and your mom agrees, and it's uncomfortable for you because you don't think your mom should be supporting your sister as much as she does, and you're wondering what to do. The good news is it sounds like you love your mom and you think she's being taken advantage of, though, and you're wondering what steps to take to intervene. Let's look at your assumption because you're assuming that your mom is unhappy with the arrangement. You don't say if she's actually voicing any concerns. Another point is you say your mom's a hard worker, and so I'm going to assume she's in a position where she can make decisions for herself. So that means she can decide to give money to your sister if she wants to. I highly doubt that you're going to talk your mom out of helping your sister. In fact, if you tell her to stop giving your sister money, I don't think she'll change her behavior because it doesn't sound like she's motivated to change. I think she gets something out of helping your sister. She might like to feel needed, or maybe it makes her happy because she's in a position to help her adult child. And it's not likely that you're going to talk your sister out of asking for help either. She probably likes the arrangement since she's getting something out of it. But I don't think it's your job to talk either one of them into changing. Instead, I think your job is to focus on how you respond to them. For example, do you spend a lot of time listening to one of them complain? Like maybe your mom complains to you about your sister, but maybe she doesn't necessarily complain about your sister, but she complains more about not having enough money. In that case, you can choose to set a healthy boundary. So you might say to your mom, gee, mom, it's really frustrating to hear that you don't have any money because I know that you're giving a lot to my sister. And even though she's capable of earning her own money, you keep doing it. So it's tough for me to talk about. I'd rather talk about something else. And of course, when it comes to boundaries, you have options. You can change the subject and you can always say, I'm not comfortable talking about that. But ultimately, Your job isn't to change your mom's behavior or your sister's behavior, but your job is to focus on how you respond. If you feel like your sister is mistreating your mom and your mom's allowing it to happen, I'd say focus on managing yourself. I know that's tough though, because we don't want to see people that we love make choices that we don't agree with, but part of loving both your mom and your sister might be to just step aside set healthy boundaries, and manage your own feelings about the situation. Thank you for sending in your question, David. To anybody out there who has a question, please send them our way, and I will pick another one to answer next Friday. If you know someone who could benefit from learning about mental strength, share this show with them. Simply sharing a link to this episode could help someone feel better and grow stronger. Do you want free access to my online course? It's called 10 Mental Strength Exercises that will help you reach your greatest potential. To get your free pass, just leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. 
Then send us a screenshot of your review. Our email address is podcast at amymorinlcsw.com. And we'll reply with your all-access pass to the course. Thank you for hanging out with me today and for listening to the Mentally Stronger podcast. And as always, a big thank you to my show's producer, who puts out both the figurative and literal fires in the floating podcast studio, Nick Valentine. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.